But we saw last week that we love our church for one really big reason. And if you weren't here last week, I recommend you go on the website, download the podcast, or just listen to the podcast on the kickoff of the intro of why we love our church. And without re-preaching the sermon, let me just sum it up by saying this. Jesus says, we, you, all of us together, are his bride. That we're the bride of Christ. And that, that is, it's a metaphor to describe how much he loves us. That he loves his church like a groom loves a bride. And that that's how he loves his church. And that because he loves the church, we love the church. We love what he loves. And, and it's God's plan, we've found out by looking through scriptures, to love the church. Well, today we're going to move forward in the series. Today we're going to start talking about some of the whys that we can and should love um, our church. Not just the church. Somebody stopped me after church. And it was a visitor. And they said, when I came in and I saw your shirt, I said, I said it should say, I love the church. But after hearing the sermon, I understand why you're saying, I love my church. And they were so perceptive, they said, because we talk about the big C church and little C church, the church universal and the individual expressions of the church universal, which is the local church. And they said, and added to what I said and said, and if the small C church isn't healthy and strong, the big C church will cease to exist. I said, you got it. That's what it's all about. That's why we can't just say, and there's people out there who go, well, I love the church, and they float. Or they don't float anywhere. They just say, I love the church. Well, you, if you don't love the small C church, the individual expression of the church, you literally are damaging the large C church, the church universal, because God's plan is for us all to be engaged in a local church so that the large church, meaning the big C church, the church universal, all Christians in all places at all times, that that is healthy because it's comprised of all kinds of little C churches. So I love Port Washington, Port View church because it's god's plan it's the small c church that represents the big c church so today as i said we're going to start talking about some of the whys we can and should actually love this church biblical reasons why that we love our church because it's a place where god unites with us to accomplish his purposes to accomplish those things which are eternally significant and are also wonderful blessings for each of us and for everybody in the world that we touch. Our lives are better because together we partner with God in accomplishing his purposes and experiencing the resulting joy that happens when his purposes are fulfilled, are being fulfilled. This morning I was filled, and I am filled with joy, because we're fulfilling one of the purposes of creating an environment to bring worship and glory to God. So it brings joy to our lives as we participate together. If none of the worship team would have participated with their giftings in helping to create an atmosphere of worship, the joy wouldn't be there because we wouldn't have had what we could have had if we would have partnered together. Does that make sense? So our lives are better because together we partner with God in accomplishing his purposes and experience the resulting joy because of that. We have created a picture, a graphic to try to help us see this, the big picture of the purposes, to help us understand the big picture. So here's our graphic we created. And it's, it's the, the graphic that defri- describes, we looked at it last week really briefly, the graphic that, that reveals the, the five purposes we have as a church. And, and it also says more than just the five purposes. That you notice something, the shape it is, is a shape on purpose. It's the shape of a heart. 
And that speaks of our heart as a church and hopefully our hearts as individuals. That we are centered and based upon love. That Jesus wrapped up all he said was important um, to all of us as we walk with him in two simple phrases. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. You see, we, we understand that God's purposes center upon love. They center upon his love. His love towards us, which were humanity, his love towards humanity, his love towards all the cosmos. Because God doesn't just love us, he loves everything he has created. And we understand it centers upon his love in us. That we, the love of God becomes resonant within us when the Spirit of God dwells in us. And that love in us brings transformation. To us, we become more like Jesus if we will partner with the work of the Spirit. And that love in us results in outflow. There will be results outside of us, through us, that come because the love of Jesus is within us. And we say around here that the expression of that outflow is that we at Portview are who? Or people who care. That that's the expression of the outflow of our love. Our love flows out of us in action. And that's caring. We chose that word on purpose because we understood that, that sometimes people think of love as just a fluffy feeling. And we wanted to put action, put feet to love. And we understood caring. We think of caregivers. They're the ones who give love. And so we're people who care. It's, our, it's the outflow, the expression of the love. So the heart as a whole reveals our heart of love, which is the foundation from which all that we are and all that we do come from. Then, as a result, we engage in the purposes that God designed his church to be involved in. We love our church because it is doing these five things, the things which bless God and bless the world around us, and then because of that, bless us. So today what we're going to do is we're going to turn our attention to the first of the purposes that we as a group come together, partner with God to participate in, and it's the perfect week to do it because of the wonderful worship service we've just had, and it's the one of love. So we have another graphic that kind of just breaks them up and puts in the center the one that we're going to talk about today, this idea of worship, that we, one of the purposes that we exist for is to create a place of love, of worship rather, that we are a church committed to helping people understand what a life Understand this, a life, not singing songs, a life of worship is, and then working to give expression to that worship. So we're saying we're going to help people understand what it is and help them then do it. And I want to look at this today, this idea of worship, in two different ways. First, we're going to look at what worship is, because I think you're going to find out that maybe you don't have a full idea of worship. And then we're going to look at what worship does. Okay, so first of all, let's think about what worship is. Now, if I were to, before church, walked around this sanctuary or walked around town and asked the question, what worship is, I think I would have got answers that surrounded on something like this answer. Well, worship is singing songs on Sunday morning in church. I think a fairly good amount of people would have answered the question that way. Well... I would say this, that's kind of right, but not really. It's kind of right, but not really. Worship is a lot more than singing songs in church. Worship, understand, is primarily ascribing value 
to something. The word worship comes from this idea, it's an old English word, it comes from the idea of worth-ship, or showing how worthy something is, or how valuable something is. Worship is expressing how worthy, worthy, or valuable something is. Now we need to understand something about worship today. Understand that worship is not uniquely Christian. Although we will see that Christian worship is unique as we talk about this today, but worship is simply human. All humans have a propensity, something inside of them, I believe because we've been created in the image of God, to worship, that all humans worship. It's part of who we are. Some worship the earth and the, and the stars. They'll say, the, you know, the heaven is my sanctuary. And they literally worship the environment. Some people worship that. Some people worship religious people and religious, religious belief systems. So they, what do they They ascribe value. They ascribe value to the Buddha and his eight points of his path. They ascribe value to Muhammad um, and, and Allah. They ascribe value and they will ascribe so much value to it that they will blow themselves up to try to perpetuate their belief and their worship. They're ascribing value to that person and their teaching. People, humans, worship. In fact, even those who say there is no God, atheists, still worship. They worship many things. They worship money. They ascribe value to it. They live their lives to accumulate more of it. They worship, for sure, recreation. They worship sports stars, right? And I'm not saying just people who who don't believe there's a God worship any of these, but I'm saying people who say there is no God still worship. They'll worship sports stars. They worship self. They put themselves up as, I am my own God. Because what what worship is, it's ascribing great value to these things. And we'll find out that the expression of that ascribing great value is worship. Now, for those of us who have come to experience forgiveness of our sins and eternal life through Jesus, our worship is a bit different. Our worship is more. It isn't only ascribing value to something or someone. It's also a response to the grace that has been shown towards us. That's what the Apostle Paul is getting at when he mentions worship in Romans chapter 12. And grab your Bible. If you're visiting, you don't have a Bible, there should be one in one of the seats in front of you. Grab that. If you don't have a Bible, you're welcome to take that home with you. So Romans chapter 1, we're going to look at one verse today. Romans 1, 12, 1 rather. Romans 12, 1. One of the very first verses I ever memorized as a new Christian. One that you should memorize because it really, it's, it's a powerful verse. You there yet? Romans chapter 12. Got it scrolled up on your iPhone? Okay. Romans 12.1, it says this, Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Now, let me put some, put some context with this. In this section that Paul's teaching through in verse 11 and prior, um, Paul was writing about the contrast between God's justice towards people and his mercy extended to humanity. He's talking about how we we have justice and he gives justice, but he shows mercy to humanity. Then in verse 12, he starts off here and he says, Therefore, 
Or he's saying this, or based upon what I've just said, based upon God's mercy shown towards us, therefore, present your bodies as a living and a holy sacrifice, which is your spiritual service of worship. In other words, he's saying, our offering ourselves holy to God as a response to his mercy, which has been given to us, that response is our worship. Worship is our response to God, who is merciful and gracious towards us. It's our acceptable and reasonable response towards our living God. This is the idea that Jesus is getting at when he tells us that the most important thing we can do in our life is to love God first. Listen to what it says in, in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 and 38. I think we have a have it up, put that up on the screen. It says this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and the foremost commandment. Jesus says this. He says we are to love God. He is to be in first place is what he's really saying there in our lives. But understand something. Jesus understands this isn't something you can command. Can you imagine if God just said, and some of us misunderstand this, and say God is saying, looking at us saying, I tell you to love me. That's what we think he's saying. Well, that doesn't work towards God any more than it would work towards another person. Any of you, when you were teenagers, fall in love, and you're just longing to have that person love you back, and you say it in essence to them, you have to love me. You command it. Well, did it ever work for you? No. You can't command someone to love you. You can't command someone to love you, another person. Then God can't, doesn't command us to love him that way. No. Jesus understands something. He understands that love is a response. That when someone really understands who God is, his mercy, and how wonderful he is, and how gracious, and how merciful he is towards us, then the natural, what Paul's talking about in Romans 12, the natural response will be to love him back in return. So now get this, to really understand worship. It's this, our expression of that love in response or in return to God's gracious, merciful kindness towards us. The expression of our love in return That's what Christian worship is. If you want a definition of Christian worship, it is our expression of that love in return. That we we know how great he is and we respond back to him. The way we respond back to him, the expression of our response back to him, that's what Christian worship is. See, for Christians, our expression of our our love for God is as a response towards his goodness is our worship. It's our loving God first. So a part view, when we think about what we are to do as a church, our purposes, we place worshiping God at the very center. It's in first place. And that's why in that graphic, worship by choice is in the middle. Because it's the natural response to realizing how wonderful God is towards us. It's our reasonable reaction. That's what Paul is saying. Now, Scripture gives all kinds of forms 
that that expression can be expressed through, or that worship can be expressed through. A lot of times we have this idea when I said, if I ask people, what is worship? Many people would say it's singing songs on Sunday because they only think of one expression. You know, and maybe it's the most common. The most commonly thought of expression of our love back to God is gathering with a bunch of people on Sunday morning and singing songs that are specifically designed for us to say, we love you, Lord. That, that that's worship, and, and that's expressing our, through our song, our love towards God, that is worship. It is an expression of worship. Matter of fact, the Apostle Paul tells us in the book of Colossians, he says this, to sing with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. He's saying that's what worship is all about. But friends, according to, according to Scripture, worship is so much broader than that. Worship can also be expressed through all different kinds of, of expressions and ways. And let me just list a couple of the ways that Scripture says, the Bible says, these are ways you can express worship back to God. In Psalm 95, it says kneeling is an expression of worship. First Chronicles 13 says music is an expression of, can be, used, can be an expression of worship. Psalm 47 says clapping can be an expression of worship. So people who come into church and go, oh my goodness, those lunatics that pork you clapped their hands in worship. We're just following the scriptures. Psalm 66 says shouting. Some of you say, oh, Pastor Mark, you get a little too loud. Psalm 66 says shouting can be. Shouting can also not be. It can be the opposite of worship. You could use shouting to destroy someone, but you could use shouting to glorify God as a response to his love toward you. That's worship. 1 Timothy 2 says lifting up holy hands is a form of worship. We're not crazy when we do that. It's a form of worship, it says in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Um, Psalm 62 says silence is a form of worship. And that's why so oftentimes in church, Susanna will just lead us, or Pastor Mitch, whatever, leading worship, will just be quiet. We don't need to fill that with any noise unless God specifically directs it. Because a lot of times silence, just standing in silence, can be a form of expressing back to him our love. Psalm 32 says confession, meaning confessing your sins can be a form of worship. Exodus 35 says, giving of tithes and offerings is worship back to God. So, so that's what we say every week. It's part of our worship to give back to Him tithes and offerings. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says, communion, the Lord's Supper, is an act of worship back to God. And, and Psalm 95 says, obedience is a form of worship. So when we obey God, we're actually worshiping Him if we're doing it in response to His love. All of these are ways we can express our love toward God in response to His goodness. So they are all ways we can worship. And there are certainly more ways than just listed. You know, an artist could paint a picture as an expression of love towards God. That's a form of worship. That's worship. But I want you to understand today that Worship even goes beyond this. It even goes beyond just broadening expressions. Beyond specific activities that we may deem religious. We can tend to look at worship as something that we do at certain times in certain places. So we say things like this. I worship at church on Sunday morning by singing songs of love towards God in response to God's love towards me. Well, that's true. But then sometimes we can error because we consider everything else we do to be something other than worship. And, and I don't know what term I could use other than that because you could say it's many things, but just saying it's something other than worship. 
But friends, when we understand that before we met Christ, we were totally lost and completely unable to save ourselves. But then due to the unimaginable love and grace of God, He rescues us and He purchased us and He gave us eternal life. And now I realize that all I am and all that I do and all that I have is only because of Him. Then I realize that everything is to be an expression of love back to Him. That's what He wants us to understand, to live a life of worship. To understand then that everything that we do is to be, be done as an expression of love back to Him. So guess what? You know how I can worship? I can worship Him as I live another day intentionally with Him. Meaning I intentionally try to live my day in His presence. That's worship. I worship Him as I am thankful for the job I have. I'm going, God, there's so many people who don't have work. Thank you for what you've given me, this job I've had to provide for my needs and my family's needs and even to be generous towards others. That's worship with that heart. I worship Him as I influence my family and my friends in a Christ-like manner. When people see Jesus in me and it affects them, that's worship. I'm responding back to Him because of His love. I worship Him as I gratefully eat my dinner. As I gratefully enjoy what He's given me to eat, I really, and I'm saying, thank you, God. I worship. I worship Him as I serve coffee in the cafe or I clean the church bathrooms as I do it in response to His love. God, You have saved me. You have changed me. And I want to just be part of what You're doing, which is the church. And so, God, I do these things as a response to what You've done to me. It's my response of love back to You. The expression of that can be serving coffee in the cafe or cleaning a bathroom. That's worship. All things done in light of and in response to His love. Those are expressions of worship. Worship arises when we see our life as a gift given by God. So we give back to Him what is most valuable to ourselves, to us. What is most valuable to me? It's me. It's my life. So I live my life as an offering of love back to God. That's worship. Friends, that's also what Paul was getting at in the verse we read earlier, Romans 1, Romans 12, 1, when he says, giving all of ourselves to God as worship. He uses this way to describe it. We're living sacrifices. What's a living sacrifice? It would be somebody who's alive and still crawls up on the altar to be sacrificed. It's a living choice to give yourself away for God's glory in response to God's love towards you. He's saying, that's worship, giving all of ourselves to God is worship. There is no, that way, no compartmentalization of our lives. No sense where we say, well, this is sacred and it's worship, and that is secular, that, so that's really not God in my life, or I don't really worship God in that part of my life. No, we recognize that all that we do and all that we are is to be an expression of worship back to God. And this affects how we live. When we embrace this, It causes us to walk through life differently when we just get this one point. It changes how we approach every day of our lives. Now, as I live my life of worship, knowing that all I can do can be your expression back to God of my love in response to His love towards me, suddenly I'm restrained from doing anything 
that is inconsistent with the life that he died to give me. I don't want to participate in those things. I stop saying, well, what's wrong with it? And I start saying, what's right with it? I stop saying, instead of making excuses to do things that deep down inside I know I shouldn't do anyways, I say, if I'm living a life of worship, why would I want to do anything that is not consistent with the life that Jesus died to give me? And I'm not only restrained, but I'm also then compelled to do anything that will give him honor, will honor him through my life, anything. I'm compelled to do those things. Friends, that's living a life of worship because all my life is lived as an offering to him. Is that making sense? Yeah? Good. Now, as we grow in our idea and our understanding and our expression of living out lives of worship, something's going to happen. It affects you. And I want to end today by just mentioning three ways that living a life of worship affects you. Just mention them so you can think about them. The first way it affects you is that it declares your love for God. It affects you. It declares your love for God. Let me explain. If we live lives of worship where we give our very lives back to God in a loving response to His goodness then it will be evident. People will notice that. Living a life of worship makes your Christianity go public. People see it. It marks you as His. This is the proper and effective way to be noticed as a Christian. Living a life of love in response to a loving God. That will draw people toward Jesus. That's the kind of way God wants us to be known. Not as condemning against everything kind of people, but as people who are literally walking expressions of love back to God in everything we do. People will say, whatever you caught, I want to catch. That's the first way. The second way is that when we live a life of worship, it puts life in its proper perspective. A life of worship does something. It elevates God. A life of worship elevates God over everything else in our lives. It puts Him in His position of greatness in the function of our lives and places us in our position of care and protection under His grace as we follow His lead. Because we're worshiping Him first. We're responding back to Him. We're giving Him all glory. We're putting Him in first place. Living in this this perspective brings, this is what it does, it brings joy to your life and it reduces stress in your life. Because then God is God and I am not. And I can rest in that. God is God as I am, and I am not. That's a result of living a life of worship. And the third thing is this. Living a life of worship will carry you through difficulty in your life. Worship gets you through the hardest times in life for a reason. Because it shifts your focus from the problem to the problem solver. Worship focuses our life and our attention and our energy on God, who is this answer to everything. Worship focuses our attention on God himself, because we understand, he is the answer. Now we understand that wrong sometimes. We think, no, he has the answer. No, he is the answer. And worship focuses our, our attention on the answer instead of on the problem. 
and it'll carry you through difficult times. So friends, you know what? Wrap this up. You know why I love my church? I love my church because it's a place committed to helping us, me, you, helping people understand what a true life of worship is and then giving expression to that worship in all kinds of different ways. Lord, as an expression of our love back to you. You have loved us. You have shown us mercy and grace. And as we recognize that, we respond to you with adoration. And Lord, that we recognize now is our worship. So Lord, we sing songs to you. We raise up holy hands. We even shout. And we say, God, you are, you are awesome. And we respond back to you. Now, Lord, I ask you to help us this week as we walk through life. And God, we, we want to learn more fully how to live lives of worship. Help us to see all of our life holistically. Help us to see everything as being under the umbrella of your grace. So that, God, we look at our jobs different. We recognize that, wow, they're a gift. You love me so much you gave this to me, and now I can, I can serve it with all my heart back to you. I don't work for my boss, ultimately. I work for you. We work hardly as unto the Lord, not unto men. Help us to understand that. Help us, Lord, when we eat our, our lunch this afternoon to recognize that you cause the, the, the plants to grow from the ground so we could eat them. You cause the animals to be on the earth so we could eat. And you said, therefore you, because you love us. And that, Lord, we can, we can enjoy that and say thank you for loving us so much. And now we love you back. That everything we do, we can understand that all we have and all we are is only an expression of who you are towards us. And yes, there may be a whole world that doesn't get that. They don't understand that you make it rain on the just and the unjust. That you give it, you bless the whole earth with your goodness. But God, we do. And so we want to live lives of worship back to you because that is loving the Lord our God with all our heart and all our mind and all our strength. And so God, that's the life we want to live. And so we ask God that you would help us transform our thinking, transform our understanding so that we walk through life different and that the world around us sees it and they're drawn like moths to a flame to your goodness in us. Because you're so wonderful. So God, we love you. With open hearts we receive from you today. We pray that God, you would now be glorified through us. As we worship you with all our lives. We thank you. In Jesus' name. And the whole church says, Amen.